Want ideas to grow your ministry and engage your supporters? Coming to you from QT4CM.org. This is the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. And here's your host, David Allen. We have organizational coach Dr. Ken Thiessen of Power of One Consulting on the line to give us his insights on managing team conflict and anxiety in a healthier way. Thanks, David. It's good to be back on uh, another podcast. Back in uh, episode 16, I did an overview of the five ways in which anxiety manifests itself in anxious ministry situations or anxious congregations. And in episode 21, I went into more detail on triangulation and how that manifests itself. And then in episode 23, I uh, went into more detail on self-differentiation. And what I want to do today is just go into a little bit more depth on uh, the third kind of way in which anxiety manifests itself in an organization, whether that's a ministry situation or a church. And uh, that kind of manifestation is a propensity to blame and scapegoat. And the big question in anxious organizations is, who done it? <laughs> Anxious congregations, anxious ministry situations are obsessive in their efforts to find someone to blame. And the thinking behind that is if you can just identify the person to blame, the problem is halfway to being solved. And the solution is the person who's been identified as the quote-unquote problem and blamed just needs to change. But that's a simplistic understanding of how problems occur because everybody in a system shares in the healthy and the unhealthy functioning of a system, whether it's a ministry situation or a congregation. And so when you find a ministry situation or a congregation that is characterized by blaming, assume that it's highly anxious. Now, there's actually some biblical precedent for this because in the Old Testament, what the priest would do is he would bring a scapegoat in and he would lay his hands on the head of the goat and transfer all of the sins of the people onto this goat and then the goat would be sent out into the wilderness. And organizational systems have the same way of doing that. What they do is they transfer all of the collective anxiety onto the person that they deem to be responsible to be the one at fault, the one who has made the problem or created the problem or made the mess, rather than kind of recognizing that everybody in some way contributes to both the healthy and the unhealthy functioning of the system. So what, what happens in those kinds of systems is that you find people who work in that kind of a toxic environment who have a propensity to cover up their mistakes because guess what? They'll keep their head down and their mouth shut because they do not want to be the next one to be deemed the scapegoat, <laughs> to be the in the crosshairs of somebody else's blame. And and what it does is it if I'm the one that's blaming you, I'm refusing to look in the mirror and consider that maybe I have done something and that has in some way contributed to this. And what I'm saying when I point the finger at you is you just need to change when in reality, the problems are always much bigger than one individual. And in some way, we all com contribute to the unhealthy functioning and the anxiety that's present in the system. And, um, and so one of the ways in which you can stop and shut off blaming and scapegoating is to recognize that, yes, that person may be a part of the problem, 
but guess what? I might also be a part of the problem. And to become very intrigued with how the system is functioning and say, you know, is there a way that maybe I'm contributing to the problem? No one person in any organization or any church is the sum total of the problem. They'll contribute to the problem, but they're not the sum total of the problem. And if if I'm anxious about what's going on in a particular system that I'm a part of, if the one of the ways in which I can manage it is I can blame other people in the system. Well, it's not my I can wash my hands of it. It's not my problem. It's your problem. It's their problem. And if they would just change, then everything would return to normal. And it's way easier for me to point a finger at somebody else than it is to look in the mirror and say, you know, actually, maybe, maybe in some way I contribute to this problem. And ironically, in Christian ministry situations and in churches, we, are, we have this propensity for blaming and scapegoating. And as much as, you know, we, we would say that we are all in some, we're all part of the same body, um, you know, and if one part of the body the whole, hurts, the whole body hurts, what we try to do is we try to find and identify that one part of the body that bears greater responsibility. And if we can just do that, then we just wash our hands and we can continue on. Now what happens is that it, this cuts off community. And if I'm called to love God and I'm called to love you and anybody else on the team, how am I loving you if all I'm ever doing is looking for somebody to blame and scapegoat? These kinds of organizations are afraid to take risks because what if it doesn't work? Then I will be the brunt end of somebody else's criticism and critique rather than recognizing, you know what? Mistakes are going to happen. Just because I've accepted Jesus and I'm a Christ follower doesn't mean I am not going to make mistakes. And the same is true for you and anybody else in the system. So what does grace look like when... There are problems in the system, and how do we take a step back and, and recognize, you know what, blaming and scapegoating doesn't solve any problems. It doesn't lead us to the place where we have deeper, more meaningful conversations about what's really going on in the system, and where we wrestle with each other in terms of what does it mean for us to love God and love each other when life is really messy right now. I've worked with a lot of Christian ministry organizations and churches, and I haven't met one of them that wasn't messy in some way or another. And I've seen some incredible blaming and scapegoating. And they think that that's a solution, and all it does is it drives everything underground. It perpetuates the unhealthy dynamics in the system, doesn't in any way reflect you know, loving God and loving each other. Now, that doesn't mean that you should never hold people accountable for outcomes and, you know, for actions that really do hurt the kind of the, the rest of the people on the team or the ministry or the church. It's not about that at all. But to do it in a way uh, that's, that's constructive, where you're calling them to something more, not where you're saying, you know, if you weren't here, this problem would all be solved, or you are the sum total of this. They're a part of the problem, but they're never the sum total of the problem. And the same for you. If somebody is blaming you, accept that probably you're a part of the problem, but don't own it as if you are the sum total of the problem. And I think our tendency is to own way more responsibility for ourselves and to cast way more responsibility on other people in the system for what's not functioning well. And so anxious systems have a propensity 
to find someone to blame. And it, it, it's, it's unhelpful in the overall in the overall system functioning. Jeffrey Miller, in his book, The Anxious Organization, says this, and I, it's a powerful quote, but I think it really captures the essence of what happens in, in anxious uh, systems. He says, once an anxious organization resorts to human sacrifice, chronic anxiety increases as survivors secretly fear their turn is coming. I wish it wasn't the case in Christian organizations, but I've worked with enough of them over enough years to know that what Miller says about anxious organizations, secular organizations, is also true in Christian organizations and Christian ministries. And really, when we blame somebody else and we're looking to scapegoat them, we are, in essence, resorting to human sacrifice just like that goat was sent off into the wilderness guess what happened to that goat in the wilderness it died and when people see that pattern in the system they sit they just shut down <laughs> and they'll tune out because they it's 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 better for me not to say anything not to risk anything not to get involved because that's the only way i can stay safe in this con in the context and it's everybody's way of managing anxiety so that's the third way. My next episode, I'm going to go into more detail into another of the ways in which anxiety manifests itself. And if you're interested in uh, exploring this more in terms of what it looks like, you can check out my website at www.anxiouscongregation.com. There's a free uh, inventory that you can do on your organization to see how anxiety manifests itself in your, in your system. So God bless you in the uh, important work that you're doing. And as you seek to, to do it in ways that honor God, honor each other, and reflect a love for God and a love for each other. That was Dr. Ken Thiessen of Power of One Consulting. You can get the links to Ken's diagnostic survey for ministry teams and congregations and his resources through our show notes at qtforcm.org. We would like to thank the sponsor of this podcast, the Great Commission Foundation. The Great Commission Foundation provides financial management, administrative services to ministries, and handles charity donation receipting and government compliance in both the United States and Canada. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Quick Tips for Christian Ministry podcast. We would value your feedback by taking our one-question survey. You'll find the link in our show notes at qtforcm.org. Until next time, be encouraged. God is with us. Serve with joy. joy.